It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L.D. Azobra, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. Today we have another great special guest, friend, I guess I can say colleague, someone I've been knowing for a long time. <clears throat> He's a living legend, of course. But today we're going to focus on more of Did You Know? We do a segment called Did You Know? And uh, so we kind of bless it, but we got a combination of both. We got a legend, and we got someone going to get us enlighten us about Did You Know? So I'd like to welcome a friend, uh, Mr. Verge Osbury. Welcome to Count Time. Welcome, Thank you. Thank you. We'd like to thank you for having us here, uh, for having us here today. I know you're a busy young man. <laughs> I know you got a whole lot going on. So, for you to allow us to come in today and to, and to participate and share some things with you. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, first of all, I got to say that we kind of like homeboy, like old folks. We kind of right. like That's homeboy. Right. Tell, yeah. tell, tell them why. Tell them why we like homeboy. No, you from Franklin, Louisiana. I'm from Liberia, Louisiana. I'm from the big city of Franklin. Yeah. Just no Franklin. St. Mary Parish. Yeah, we came to Parish. Uh, Lined up from Iberia Parish. Right, Iberia so, Parish. Next to each other. And, uh, you know, I would go back a long way. So I remember since 1984, uh, you know, that's the first time I met you. I heard a lot about you. You was a great football player here, a great football player at the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, speak up, man. I people hear that. Great player at LSU, and, uh, you know, All-American at LSU, and played for the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, when I came on my recruitment visit in uh, 1984, uh, me and another guy from Liberia who came here, and uh, you are our host. Back then, former players could host. Right. And uh, you hosted us at the game that day. Uh, I forgot who else was playing that day. And uh, but you are our host, and I got to meet the, the great Lyman White. Oh, and, you were blessed, huh? Blessed, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, now it's been uh, we've had a, a relationship for a long time. Uh, <clears throat> ever since uh, you know you were a businessman and. You know, you fed most of us here while we were players here. Yeah, you uh, and your partner, E. Hill. Yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. We, uh, you know, Lime and White Buffalo Wings. Uh, you know, the first spot when it opened up on Lee Drive. Oh, you remember that? And, uh, yeah, then the, the Highland Road spot was closer to us. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were able to, uh, you know, that that was good eating back then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you used to, you know, talk to us when we were young players about doing the right thing. Oh, yeah. and, uh, people don't realize that. And, uh, you know, we would always agree. <laughs> uh, you know, you're 18, 19, 20 year old, you know, he's like, man, that guy was preaching to us. And, uh, <laughs> preaching to y'all, yeah. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of things and wisdom that come out of those meetings and times we've talked and spoken and, uh, you know, forgiving people that, you know, when you're young, you don't see it that way. But uh, it really helps us with open life. Yeah. Well, you know, you and, uh, you know, you, you was always kind of live very level headed. It's our, our partner. Eric Hill kind of, you know, Eric, yeah. Eric, Eric, Eric kind of on the edge, Eric, Eric had my, an attitude, you Eric know. Eric my roommate and best friend, and uh, until this day. Good, a good man, a good father, man. Godfather of my oldest son, who, uh, Austin Osbury, who just signed with Arthur. Oh, man. Uh, he's really almost both of my boys, so. Yeah, he's he been, he been a good friend yeah. of all of ours, and also he's, a, like you, you know, both of uh, our uh, <coughs> members of our organization PASS, which stands for Professionality Supporting Student, mm-hmm. and you've been, you came out to the schools, and spoke to some students and mm-hmm. we truly appreciate you coming out taking time out your business schedule to uh, participate with PASS. Yeah, I really enjoy that too, speaking to the students. And also I can't leave out his wonderful mother and father. You know, he's a very just a, uh, he's an only child. So he's a small breath, you all. That's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> I'll take it first. 
<laughs> Once you get to know him, you're all right. He's just a small friend. No, I'm blessed. You know, uh, uh, my father's 91. Made 91 in October. Wow. That's October. My mother made Christmas Day. She made 87. On oh, Christmas Day. Yeah, so uh, I'm fortunate that they're still with us and strong and uh, Still living in New Iberia? Yeah, still in New Iberia, Louisiana. And uh, so I get to see him a lot and uh, get to visit the, the boys and family. And they got to come to the kids' uh, state championship game. Which was a blessing. I was in Lafayette, and uh, my son's senior game was last game in high school. So, yeah. uh, now, got, which one was that again? The All American. Austin. Both of them are. Yeah, both of them All American. But one of them played in the All Star game. Uh, yeah, All American oh, game, and, uh, and that was in uh, I know I'm All American game. I was in Orlando. Mm -hmm. and Jaden has an opportunity next year. He's been invited to both. I think he's going to do the normal game. That got to be a wonderful feeling. Uh, no, I've been blessed. Two, two, know, great, two, two, two great boys. Two, two, boys, two young boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to back, too. I remember uh, when they when he was young, I lived in Austin. I told him, I said, man, that boy going to be a heck of an athlete. Yeah, Austin likes to run. I said, how we know it? They must have been like seven, eight years old. Yeah. I said, like, good Lord. You know, yeah, and, uh, is, uh, and also, you, you know, your lovely wife, uh, Sherry. Sherry. Mm -hmm. uh, Mauro. Mariam. Mariam, sorry. Mariam, who her father was the great. The mayor of uh, New Orleans, Dutch, honest Dutch, Morian, who also was the first brother <laughs> to graduate from LSU Law School. And the first African American legislator in the state of Louisiana. Yeah, so it'll be all kind of history in your history. family, man. You, know, mm -hmm. you are truly blessed. You got history on top of it. And Sherry now mm -hmm. uh, was, is a wonderful mother and you know, a supporter of you and what you do and the children. And uh, so we know it's good to have such a wonderful family. I know that. And, uh, She's accomplished a lot in her, her condition. She's an energy corporation now, and uh, she has won a lot of awards and done a lot in this community. Well, she got to do a lot to keep up with you and the two boys. <laughs> so, uh, but also, you know, you played at LSU in, uh, what, 1985? Yeah. You got here, mm -hmm. and uh, you graduated in 890? Yeah, 890. Okay, graduated in 890. Then you went on to get a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, which, which master degree was yeah, that? Education Administration Supervision. Education Administration Supervision. Mm -hmm. You know, I have one of your uh, papers you wrote. Oh, you do? From, <laughs> from the time you was working on your master degree, the name of the paper is The Social Structure of Black Students on LSU, at LSU. Mm -hmm. It was just a topic. I remember that paper. That was a while back. Now, how did I get that paper? Huh? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have it anymore. I'm a bad boy. I'm going to get you a copy. copy of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you done pretty well on that paper. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I thought I said, "Oh, that's a pretty good dog." Yeah. What, what made you decide to write on that? Subject? There were a couple, you know, a long time ago. My memory, I can get my memory back on that one. Uh, it's probably because back then it was a lot different than it is today. You know, LSU has done a great job. Right now, we lead, you know, one of the leaders in the nation. We're the leaders in the nation with uh, African American students on campus. I think we're sixteen percent. African Americans on, on campus. So sixteen percent now. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. So we've done it. That's number one. You know, public institutions, uh, you know, flagship institutions in the country. So we've done a great job. And things have changed. You know, we have an African American president right now, Bill Tate. Oh man, uh, yes, that was that was history yeah, in the yeah, making. Yeah, uh, 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 four African Americans on the board of supervisors right now. And that's how that's uh, your friend, colleague. You know, you have uh, the first Williams. the first black basketball player at uh, LSU. College Temple. You have uh, Jimmy Woods and Valencia uh, Jones, who's going to be chairman elect in the board. So you know, there's a lot of progress that's been made. Talk about it's that. still being made. It's still being made. We still got a long way to go. Uh, well, I was a long ways to go, but I think a lot of things have been done for the best. Right. Uh, 
and uh, since the times that you were here, and the times before when our parents can come to LSU. You know, and your wife knew that my, also my, there. My, uh, my, my parents went to Groundman, and then they went to the University of Oklahoma for their master's degree. So, you know, times have changed and things have come about, and, you know, it's this time gets, you know, 60% you know, African-American students on this campus. Uh, there are some things we need to do and improve on. You have two African-American deans also, dean of the uh, College of Education and dean of business in LSU with African-Americans. So, uh, you know, you look at things that have taken place over the years, uh, you know, LSU is trending in the right direction. Oh, no doubt. As a matter of fact, LSU was the last SEC school to bring on a black football player. No, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. You didn't know that? I didn't realize that. Now I'm giving you some history you that I can show for my that. services yeah. then. <laughs> that it was the last to bring on uh, okay. And that was because of the Lori Hinton and Mike Williams. Mike Williams, uh, we just honored Lori uh, Lori to the. Uh, yeah, we LSU, all say congratulations. LSU Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to him. Uh, you know, Lori did a lot uh, uh, for us as players around here. He still works around here. He still helps out, you know, and talks to the, to the football players. So it's good to have Lori Hinton. A positive role model uh, in our community and all the Well, we appreciate that. He's a good friend of mine and a good brother. Uh, now, you've been here for how, how long have you been? About uh, going on 26 years now. 26 so, uh, years. Starting from the bottom. I was just talking to my intern about that. Uh, uh, where I started, uh, you know, I started here. I came back, you know, played a little professional football here and there, and came back here and uh, got in uh, academics. It was my first job, Joe Dean. Was the game my first start. Oh, are you are you attempting to stay here along with Coach Sam Nader? No, I probably won't do that. <laughs> Sam Nader. Sam, Sam, Sam was out forty to fifty years. Yeah. <laughs> so I know Sam been around here. Sam, look, Sam is the godfather here. Right. You know, I appreciate it. We know Sam he retired Nader. last year. Uh, look, so I we, love we love Sam Nader. I yes, we Sam do. Nader. We really do. Uh, you know, Sam Nader's last duties uh, when he was working, I knew he was retiring. Uh, he spent time with my my kid on the part of his recruiting trip here. And, uh, and I didn't realize it was his last day. He wanted to do that. And uh, you know, I was so blessed and uh, you know, I was so amazed by that. Uh, You're always uh, thinking about others. Uh, that's right. Uh, so a, a great guy. You know, Sam didn't want anything. He wanted to do a big party for him, a big blog, big retirement. And Sam made it said in no circumstance. He wouldn't even show up. So he set me up. I was doing something for us. So, so, so right when the, there was a storm that hit, right before the storm hit this year, Hurricane Ida. Yeah, we're going to invite all the former players. He, he would do that. We're going to still do something for him. Invite all the former players back and current players and have something, a little something for him just with the players. So I don't feel bad. He said, "Coach, you set me up, Coach Nate. You supposed to be doing something big for you too, but I know yeah. LSU definitely. Because yeah. you, yeah. you know, we can't overlook what you've done. No, for us, no, no. So too, too important to this program. You know, the, the championships, the things that we've done, the national championships, the SEC championships, uh, Sam Nader's name on those things, uh, every one of them. Uh, so all the success we've had in the football program here at LSU is Sam Nader. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so I started, you know, Joe Dean uh, gave me that first opportunity uh, under Bo Bossa, in compliance, intern, uh, and Bo just retired. And Bo was a basketball manager here and uh, worked with Dale Brown, that group. And then, uh, and then I uh, went from there to academics, uh, to the legends place, uh, Charles Alexander. Who? Uh, Charles Alexander. Charles the I Great. I that name from somewhere. Yeah, Charles the Great uh, worked in the academic center, and uh, you know, I was able to, uh, to follow him. Uh, That's right. Charlie was here when you got here. Well, Charles was here. Yeah, Charles was <clears> an <throat> academic advisor, in fact. 
so got to work with Charles. Uh, there was at that time there were uh, three uh, three uh, African Americans in the athletic department. And what year was that? That was in 1985. 85. No, 85. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was played in 1995. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, Greg LaFleur. Uh, Greg was the social athletic director then. You had uh, Mike Mallard, who was another associate AD at the time in the department. And Mike Mallard was the first African American in the athletic department. Uh, Mike was the first. First. Uh -huh. Dale Brown, you know. Yeah, yeah. Dale Brown. Dale Brown. Uh -huh. yeah. And, uh, and so uh, Charles Alexander, another guy by the name of Kurt Flood, who ran academic center for athletes. Kurt's at the University of Texas now. So, you know, those are the guys that, you know, brought me in. Uh, Jordi hired me. Uh, we did academics for seven years. Uh, after that, we was talking Athletic Foundation, which was the fundraising unit. Uh, worked with Rick Perry. Uh, Rick Perry, uh, General Ron, Richard, those guys. Uh, and that was the first time we ever did an LSU philanthropic fundraising campaign. And we did academics after athletes, which was very, which is very important to me. You know, we did $18 million uh, to get that nice Cox Academic Center for Athletes. Yeah, that's there. when Nick Saban was here. And Nick, Nick came in, Nick was a coach there, and he led uh, the fundraising for that. Uh, Mark Emory was a chance at the time. He gave the first $50,000 for that. $50,000, $100,000. Yeah, it was the first time I saw, you know, Saban talking about the graduation rates, how bad they were, how dismal they were, especially with the African-American football players and the African-American athletes. African American students, so Nick Saban definitely wanted to change that. Uh, so he came in, that was one of the first things he did. That was one of our first projects to raise money for. And you was, you was a part of that? I was a part of that. And I was so happy to be a part of that because that's where I started at, and that meant the most to me. You know, the, the guys we had graduated, Kevin Fox in three years, and Booger McFarlane, and Brady James, all those young guys. Before that, very few players was graduating. Very few. The, the graduating you had, uh, you know, Chris Hill, James Gilliard, you name them, the guys that came through. We got out and got their degrees. Uh, uh, Todd McClure, uh, just a lot of great football players who played here. And, uh, and that was important to us. And it was important to LSU. And, you know, David won the highest graduation rates in the SEC. And so right now, LSU, Louisiana State leads to the SEC? We're top of the SEC right now. Yeah. And graduating. Graduating players, right? Graduating athletes. Student athletes, period. Mm -hmm. Players, too. You know, Walt Holiday, his group up there did a great job. Uh, you know, Walt came in with a guy named Kenneth Miles who passed away. Yeah, Kenneth just. Uh, uh, Kenneth passed away. Uh, Kenneth played football at UVA. Came here, did a great job of structured academic center for athletes. And then, yeah, Walt Holiday, who did an you know, excellent job right now for us, who's managing the academic center. Okay. I mean, really, I, I really wanted to have much more discussion with you, but you got to be leaving shortly, so we're going to have to. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Really, no, I enjoy because you got too much history for me just to yeah. pass it all yeah, like that. Then, I, I, then, to, I got then, to be honest with you now. You got then so I want you to share. Then, then after that, you know, uh, Skip Burton was having his AD, and you know, I tell people we had, uh, you know, they put a, a dream team with Skip. Skip put together a great team. Dan Radakovich, who's uh, one of my good friends and athletic director at the uh, University of Miami now, just left Clemson. Uh, <coughs> her vessel. Uh, her was the now now her? SEC, Law Communications, uh, Associate Commissioner for uh, Commissioner Sankey. He's, you know, SEC, we're the best conference. Commissioner Sankey is the best. Uh, so, uh, you know, her Vincent uh, in that role. You had uh, Chris Howard, who now is with the NCAA, uh, NCAA football. Uh, he was in compliance. 
and uh, Eddie Nunez, who's now an athletic director in New Mexico. Uh, we had Mark Ewing come over from the university side. Mark Ewing is probably one of the best CFOs ever in college athletics. Uh, he came, our budget was smaller his, he ran the whole university's budget. And that was a deal, you know, you had Mark Emmert up there, you had Scott Woodward working external, who's not AD for uh, Mark Emmert. So it was a hell of a team we had here. And Bo Bonson, uh, you had Judy Southern, who was the SWA. She was athletic director at Texas Women's uh, University in Dallas, Texas. So it was an all-star cast that we had up here at Skip Burton. And, uh, good training for you. Training you got to training great. And Skip, Skip taught us how to <coughs> work with coaches. We were all administrators. You know, we were, you know, we were, you know, we were the coat and tie guys. You know, the first thing Skip, uh, Skip told me was that uh, we got to do a better job with uh, with baseball and other sports. Yeah, uh, we're just whole focus on football. Well, Skip, you know, one thing about Mark Emmer gave the, the initiative that we wanted to win everything in LSU. It was very expensive to do that, though. And Skip expected to have coaches accountable. And Skip was a coach. He couldn't. Uh, you couldn't be a skip when it came to coaching and what you had to do as a coach uh, to be successful. So Skip, uh, Skip at the time, uh, you know, he coached the coaches. Uh, and that was one of the most important things, you know, uh, that, that, that he did. And he taught us how to help coaches, what to look for when you're talking to a coach, and then the evaluation of a coach. And when you talk to a coach about what they need to be successful. You know, if a coach was too worried about me, 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 my salary, my contract, then it wasn't the right person. It was a person who, you know, that will come if you win. But Skip, you know, was teaching us about how to build a program, and all the parts of the program. How's your strength and conditioning, how your training, how your equipment, how your video, how everything that builds to help build that program, how's your nutritionist, how's those people, you know, how does it make you better as a program and how you know you sustain winning not where you win one year and, and, and you disappear the next and that's why Skip was so successful at so many World Series and Skip went to the World Series many times when he saw winning his first national championships in 91 and it's five that he won and probably never be done in baseball or any other sport again like that you know what he did uh, there's very few great ones and you know you had Skip Bergman, Coach K, Nick Saban you know Belichick, you know, okay. guys who are just and a handful of guys you can count on your hand who, who win like that and can sustain like that. And don't forget about the great Eddie Robinson. Eddie Robinson, Coach Robinson. So, you know, I've had uh, who my dad worked for at Grambling. So, uh, be able to let Mike Archer take over. Mike Archer did a great job. He won an SEC championship, and Mike and I are still good friends to the day. Uh, you know, Mike lives in things in Florida and back and forth. His son lives in Kentucky, his daughter lives in Kentucky. Uh, but Mike and Barbara are very good friends of mine. Uh, you know, you know, Bill Osborne, you know, hell of a staff. Uh, Kurt Schottenheim, Mike Nolan, uh, Pete Jenkins, John Mitchell, who's the first African American football player in Alabama. Pittsburgh Steelers. Terry Lewis, who passed away. Offensive lineman, coach. Pete Mangurian, Jerry Sullivan who's the best wide receiver coach in the business now in the Arizona Cardinals. So just to be around those type of coaches, you know, in my career, in my lifetime. That's uh, a lot. Taught me a lot. Taught me the business of, uh, <clears throat> of, of football and athletics. Which, uh, 
A coach is a coach. Like I tell people, you know, I've watched Kim Mulkey in practice. Okay. Until you watch Kim Mulkey coach, uh, his greatness. Uh, Kim Mulkey is probably the best coach, coach uh, that, you know, one probably ever had here and in that late department, I would say. That's why she's in the Hall of Fame. That's why a guy like Michael Jordan introduced her to the Hall of Fame. Okay? Because when you go to one of her practices in a clinic, it's a clinic, it's teaching. It's what coaching is really about. You know, as we always say, you know, coaching is teaching. If you can't teach, you can't coach. Go back to education. You know, we got all the money involved in it right now, coaches high salaries, but a coach is a teacher. And you have to be able to teach. It's not the player's fault that they're not learning something. It's the coach's fault that you can't, you know, relay the message to the student athlete to be successful. So when you watch Kim Mulkey in action, you know, Kim Mulkey could coach offensive line, she could coach softball, she could coach golf, she could coach anything because she's a teacher. You just got to give her the script of what to do, what you're trying to achieve with that student athlete, and she could do it. So I'm just amazed when I go, and we have great coaches, all of them have had great coaches here, but just Kim Mulkey just special. She did just, you can she's see that. Yeah, just, you know, you went through the national championships in the Hall of Yeah, she's a winner. I mean, look, LSU, LSU have always been a, a respectable women's basketball program, but now, nah, it's a different level. I mean, on you know, a whole other level. Kim Mulkey is a different you know, 13 level. 13 and 1? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with a team that, you know, she's still building her team. Still, you know, it's a lot of work to do. But, you know, she's going to outcoach you. Uh, I'll work you. I'll work you. Yeah. You know, the last minute of the game, you know, she's going to have that team in position. We played South Carolina the other night. No business. That's, that's a great basketball team, okay? And we were in position to win that game at the end. And that's all you want, you know? Uh, you watch a guy like Nick Saban, you know, against Georgia. You know, he was shorthanded. He lost his best receiver in the SC Championship game. He lost his next best receiver in the early first half. And, you know, Steel. until the fourth quarter, that game was tight. <laughs> So that's that that's that's the difference in the great coaches. Right. You know, they're gonna keep that team there, no matter how short man, you know, to slow the game down, or to manage the game. And you know, there's very few could do that. Now we're gonna move on to one of the reasons why we're here too, but I got that we all know people in here be I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the one hundred million dollar question. <laughs> that is you just borrowed a coach, mm -hmm. Coach Brian Kelly mm -hmm. from I know the day. Yes. And uh people you know this is suspect because you're paying him a hundred million dollars not to get. So what what do you have to say about you know, paying? You know, you don't have departments at the university uh, at, uh, paying. You know, have a hundred million dollar budget. So well, I think you get this one here. It's a, it's a return on investment, and uh, you know, LSU athletics. You include Tiger Athletic Foundation is over two million dollars uh, line. And, you know, fellowship to be successful is one thing President Tate said. Uh, LSU football has to win. That's a part of the culture here. That's a part it's of the State of Louisiana. Yeah, State of Louisiana. It's not just bad rules. Yeah, yeah. You have to win and be successful. And, you know, you go out there, there's not a lot of coaches out there that can handle this job. And, you know, people think you just hire a guy. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And you'll win, but we want to maintain success. And that's why you get a guy like Brian Kelly. He's won wherever he's been. Okay? Wherever he's been, he's won. And, you know, coaches just don't leave Notre Dame. The first time ever a coach ever left Notre Dame on his own. 
Okay. The rest of the staff didn't need it. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, you know, and he's put together a hell of a staff. But, you know, you get a guy like a Brian Kelly to make that type of move. First of all, you got a degree alignment, the athletic department and the university side. And, you know, it's, it's worth it. And it's worth it to LSU. And we do so much more. When football wins are here, things go well. Uh, things go well downtown the legislature. Things go down by federal delegation. City leaders. <laughs> yeah, we win everybody happy. We're our business community, you know, the guys are lobbying them to tell you that. Uh, with donations and donations institution, everybody wants you to win. That's just one of the steps. It shows people that you're good. You know, we didn't realize how good we could be in everything until you had Mark Emery, Skip Bergman, Nick Saban. I think it changed the attitudes on him. It was always like, oh, poor us. We can't win. We can't be the best. And you got to have people like that to show, you know, come in and say, okay, you know what? We're going to be the best. Not only be the best in athletics, but, you know, be the best in the institution. You know, like I said, we're number one in African-American graduates, uh, African-American students in LSU right now. We're number one in, uh, you know, the flagship institution with 28 average ACT in LSU. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Dr. Isaiah Warner, you went to his retirement the other day. Dr. Isaiah Warner, you know, more black chemist PhDs come out you in pretty much any other school <laughs> in the country. Uh, so the, the, the great things, you know, have a great uh, architecture program, you have a great business, you have the best uh, accounting auditing program in the country, uh, you have a great engineering program, you have a great vet school, you have a great uh, coastal And also the football program invests in all those programs. Well, well to a degree. To a degree, yeah, to a degree. But those, those are great parts of our institution that, you know, that we have to sell. And we have to say, you know what, that's where we're great at. You know, LSU, uh, one area in energy, you know, for the whole country, for the world. You know, LSU's that school. We have more engineers that graduate from here and go on to run major all companies from here, Texas and University of Texas. That's a good company to have. And, you know, and there's a change, you know, there's gonna be more now electrical cars and wind and different type of energy farms. So we're in the forefront of those type of things. So that's all part of it. And so the athletics department, you know, that's the spirit of your institution. Uh, that's the excitement of your institution. They get people to buy in. They get people to buy in who, who just love LSU from around, from around the country, from around the globe. And I think, you know, we play a part in that. Uh, we're that front porch of the house. Not the house. The front porch. Yeah. The front porch of the house. And that's the most important part. You yeah. have to go through there to get to the house. So look, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. So when LSU athletics is healthy, uh, like, you know, it helps the university in, 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 in to be healthy. And, uh, you know, we've hired great coaches. Uh, in football, we've hired Brian Kelly. Uh, you have Will Wade in men's basketball. You have, who's done a great job. You have uh, Kim Monkey in women's basketball. You have Jay Johnson in, in baseball. You have Jay Clark in the gymnastics. You know, Coach, he was with D.D. and I used to be the coach there. Uh, Jay going to take us to unbelievable heights of gymnastics. He already was in, we just never won that championship. Although Coach Deedy, bro, we love you. We thank you. You took that program to oh, she took it. She brought all by herself. Yeah, she, she built it by herself. That's right. That's like, I was here when she started the program. That's right. And she didn't have much support then. And uh, Deedy's done a great job. And Jay took it to that. So you got to think of uh, Sheriff Pennington. Yeah, yeah. Our friend and her husband, her family. Claude, Claude, who invested her, her in the program. Her brother. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've had we've had you know just great coaches. We had a good swimming coach here, you know, uh, uh, Chuck Winstead in, in, in men's uh, in women's golf over the golf program. 
so we've hired great, great coaches. Just hired Tanya Johnson, who's uh, uh, she took Fran Flores' place. Fran did a good job in volleyball, and I mean Tanya Johnson, who's an alumnus here, uh, African American female uh, coach that we have, uh, who brought on for volleyball, Beth Torina in softball. She's doing a great job. Great job. Um, mm -hmm. Volleyball. I mean, I know some people get excited about volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> soccer program in the NCAAs this year. Oh, wow. First time in a long time. Uh, Sean has done a great job. We brought her in here. And, uh, so we've hired quickly a lot of coaches. So now what role, first of all, what is your job description? I'm an executive athletic director. And executive athletic director. So what, what do the word deputy come? Deputy. Executive athletic director help, you know, uh, run the department. Uh, you know, the so you, you, are, you are key to part of this empire. Stuff there, stuff there, rep and myself and, uh, you know, and Scott, you know, and we. You know, we help. Uh, we have great people working in this department. Uh, you know, you have Lauren Williams, who we hired on, Mary Seagor, Dan Gaston, Shelly Mullinex, you know, uh, Matt Laborde, CFO. Uh, you know, great people that we have working in the department to, to help us. You can't do this by yourself, it's too big. And uh, they're capable people and they manage well. They manage the departments well. And, uh, now, some people say, now, I've got to throw this out. I need to hire a few more people to look like uh, you and me. I think we've done a great job on that. I think we have one of the most diverse athletic departments in the country. I think, you know, you Deputy AD Laura Williams, she's here. Uh, Ashley Ashley Kearney, who's a, a Hall of Famer here, is Associate AD. Uh, Jim is here. Yes, uh, Melania yeah. is a volleyball player, African American. She works on the staff up here. Uh, we have a guy who's helping us with our education, uh, uh, pursuit in athletics, uh, African-American male. So I think uh, we've done a great job. Uh, Shelly Mullinax, uh, uh, I mean women we have, uh, Stephanie Rapp, uh, my, my, my counterpart in the department. Uh, you have uh, uh, Mary Seagard, SWA, you have Shelly Mullinax over uh, most of the how health and health and welfare in the department. So. I think we've done a great job on coming to diversity uh, in the athletic department. And we always did it. Skip, you know, Skip, Skip was here. We had myself, we had Chris Howe, we had Eddie Nunez, who's Hispanic. Uh, we had a great group of people here, uh, a diverse group, in the executive team. So we've done, we've done a great job at LSU. LSU uh, better than anybody else LSU in the country. Yeah, when I, when I look at our department and look at other departments around the country, I think we've, we're more diverse than anybody in the country. And that leads us to where we going with this program up there. In July the 1st of 2021, the NCAA came up with a new, what you call it, legislation? No. It was it was really new legislation, but uh, name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. It was kind of court cases. called name, image, and likeness. And I, Tell them what name, image, and likeness is. Well, it's like, it's like your name, image, and likeness. It's just you. It's who you are. And, 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 who, and this, so the players now, can all student athletes make a profit off the game of should like this. Yeah, all athletes, all athletes, athletes in any sport. And, you know, our highest paid person is probably the gymnast here, uh, Olivia Dunn. And uh, you know, she has more followers than pretty much any athlete in the country. Uh, and she does a great job and uh, many sponsors from around the, the you know the country want to you know have her represent their products. So you're just not football guys, it's Every sport, every yeah. sport. Right you know, women's basketball has a person who's done very, very well. You know, football has had guys who've done very well. Name, image, and likeness. So back in the day, when we played, 
you know, we couldn't make anything off of our, you know, they could sell our jerseys, advertisement, things like that, and we couldn't get anything out of it. Or you still be in the stores and you couldn't get nothing out of it. You know, there were some court cases, the Austin cases, some other cases stuff that went through that they had and, and that opened that bill up for us. Another thing that we didn't get when we played was called cost of attendance. Who was that again? Cost of attendance. Cost of attendance? Cost of attendance, which okay. is to, so how much it costs you from Franklin, Louisiana to come in on a shoot. So they gave us just the scholarship amount, you know, they paid tuition and things like that, and meals, but they gave us a cost of attendance, which now puts more money also in the student athlete's pocket. So give us an idea, what, 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 how that works? The cost of attendance is how much it costs for you to go to the institution, the federal government guidelines. So now that y'all pay the players to... Well, you give them their cost of what they, what they really were owed, not them, pay the players. You give they, them... Uh, their cost of attendance. What that, what that amounts to? Uh, it depends on what sport you're in. If you're a full-time athlete or not, it would go up to $1,800 a month for some kids. And go $1,800 a month? Yeah, for some kids. And, uh, $1,800 a month? <laughs> people, people work on jobs don't make $1,800 a month. Then you have, that's your cost of attendance to go to school by the federal government. That's what it costs. It's set by the federal government. So if you come from out of state like Chicago, New York, it could be a little more. That's right. It's set. It's set on that nature here. You know, it costs for kids to attend school. Uh, you know, what it takes to attend school. You know, so times things like that. So all those things. Play and that, that's all around the sports. So in other words, so don't, it don't matter if they got a scholarship. It's part of your cost of attendance. Right. So to get the scholarship, get the full time scholarship. Mm -hmm. Plus the cost, cost of attendance, of attendance wow. which can be up to $1,800 yeah. a month. And then we had a conference with SEC, and it was kind of the 5980. And 5980, as you know, that's the, that's the part of the, the Austin case that, you know, every, every young man or woman in the conference get that as, you know, part of. No, uh, no, say it again. I missed it. 5980. 5980. What is 5980? $6,000, $3,000 semester retired academics. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got I to wrap my brain around this guy. So, cost of attendance and 5980 is two separate two separate rates. Uh, so, they get, they, get, they get up to $1,800 a month. So some people, some athletes. Some athletes, yeah. Some athletes can get up to $1,800 a month. Along with fifty nine eighty, which, which is three thousand dollars a semester, which is three thousand dollars a semester. Tell how your grades are, your academics. It's tied to your academics, okay? Along with the full time scholarship. Yeah, we said it's full time scholarship. So none of that affects the scholarship anymore. No, at all. So when we was here, we couldn't receive no. Couldn't receive all of that. No, not all that you receive none of that. You had to work summer jobs. Yeah, you're not. You know, you had to you know sell your tickets under, under the. So it's illegal. It's still illegal too, Robert. It's still illegal. It's still illegal. But back in the day, that's how you had to survive. So, you know, that's 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 the that's now now I want you to explain like both of explain this again. So you say there's two different ways y'all have to y'all have to pay players or y'all can't play. We can. We don't have to. We don't have to. We do it at LSU because we think that's that's the right thing to do. And so y'all pay players six thousand dollars a year. Student athletes. Six thousand dollars a year is divided into two semesters. Two semesters. Three thousand dollars. That is tied to academics. That's right. On top of it, you can get eighteen hundred a month. Well, yeah, whatever whatever the scholarship value is, not full time. And who determines the scholarship value? Federal government. Federal government. Federal government said everything. Federal government got to determine. That's how you. That's like that's your cost of attendance and everything. That's how much money you could. If not, then all of a sudden, some money you get start being taxed, taxable income. So bottom line, there's certain criteria that every school has set. Cost your cost of attendance to go to the institution. No matter what school you go to in the country, it's set by the federal government. So those numbers are already set. 
and uh, you know you can't go over those numbers and you go over those numbers and now so you're putting a, a young person, student athlete, or any student on campus and, in and jeopardy. And that has something to do with the what they call NIL. No, nothing to do with NIL. And NIL stands for what? Name, image, and likeness. So and they, and NIL is that's not the institution paying you. You know that's a that's a third that's, party. That's a private corporation. That's a private five hundred one c three. LSU is not paying you part of the NIL. We can't do that. I know everybody here about the new about A&M paying thirty million dollars to guys to come there. Well, that's I don't believe that is true anyway. But uh, I think that's all rumors. Uh, but there are parties though that you know Lyman White, the football player, we want you to do advertisement for us, okay? And you do something, you make a speech, you do a commercial or something, and they pay you. They pay you. It's just like a, a professional. Yeah. Huh? yeah, things will be not much as money as people think it is. I think it'll be more. Uh, I think it's be more bartering type deals. Yeah. So like you know, but everybody can benefit. You from New Iberia, Louisiana. You from Franklin, Louisiana, and you know, the, the, the local grocery store. I say, Lama, you know, <clears throat> you do uh, take some pictures for us and you know, with us and our president. They will give you and your family five hundred dollars worth of free grocery a month, something like that. Yeah, I think that's what's going to help out a lot of student athletes who need help. Who need help? Everybody get this money, money, money. Everybody get this money. You know, I you know talk talk to my intern, Blake. Uh, I say, you know, those kind of guys, you're going to go get, you know, you, you know, Blake has been around professional basketball most of his life. Mm -hmm. What's Blake's name? Fertitta, Blake Fertitta. Houston, Texas. So bottom line, you know, you go get an NBA player. If I want my company to be tied into some other NFL player, somebody playing on a bigger level. They're taking a risk with a young man in college. So I think this thing's going to get overblown. Everybody's scared of NIL. You know, we're not scared of NIL. It's just part of the process, and that's that's the right thing to do. You know, you shouldn't we shouldn't own your name, image, and likeness. You know, the video games that people use and things like that. When you own those games, Lyman, and that that was your image that's being used. It's no different from a top student who's here, who's let's say in a you know computer engineer. That's right. They come up with a design or something. You know, they invent something. You got to pay them. You got to pay them. You know, you look at you look at all the guys, the Facebook guys, and. All those so guys. Like you got a great player like Jamal Chase out there doing great things mm -hmm. on the field. That's right. So that's his talent. Being that's, his, that's his talent. That's right. So, you know, company want to invest in Jamal Chase as a player, and they invest in Jamal Chase. You know, they don't have to, you know. But I think that's what opens up, uh, and that's where that's fair. Okay, can we go back and collect? <laughs> well, there might be some class action back in the day. I think he's passed out of time. Good luck with that. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know. I, think, I think we're done. <laughs> Man, don't, don't say that. The court, court, court system won't go back that far, Lyman. <laughs> you ain't gonna say it like that. Bro. It's that far. You can't just say you know next man up, or you know I don't care if he leaves, or I don't care if it hurts your graduation rates. Still, the APR, the APR is not good. And guess what? You don't play postseason games, postseason bowls, and things like that. So the APR has to. Stay so that there's, a, there's now something uh, something in check to keep the coaches in check. Yeah, I, I, th I, th I, th I think this that you have to keep the, 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 yes. the APR. APR is going to stay high. Yeah, stay not, high. Because the coaches can't play. You can't play in full season games. So bottom line, I think this helps you now build relationships with your players and your student athletes and more than just students, this athlete. Now you have to have some, now you have to spend time with them. You have to talk to them. You have to understand who they are. You understand their families, their backgrounds, things like that. You can't just ignore it. You can't ignore it anymore. So I think, I think I personally like it. And if some people don't like it, uh, I like it because, you know, the young man is not treated. Now, 
one thing about our society today is, you know, I, I wish these kids fight through something. You know, like my two boys, I tell them, you know, just go into place and go transfer. Unless there's a complete coach's change, something go bad. But you know, fight and compete for the job, man. You know, most of these kids that want to come in, especially these quarterbacks, they want to start the first year. They have to start. I mean, a lot of times the parents talking to them. I see the nonsense. You know, one thing I spoke about Joe Burrow. Uh, we're talking to Joe Burrow's daddy, his father. You know, I talked to him about two hours before he came. He was going to University of Cincinnati, leaving Ohio State. LSU wasn't in the picture. And, you know, talking to, to Joe's daddy, he never told me, asked me, could my kids start? He's a coach, he's a football coach. And, Joe Burrow's mother's assistant, uh, a principal, a principal at a junior high in Ohio. They never wanted to start. And remember, he came in at four quarterbacks on the roster already. Yeah. So that's the kind of guys you want and when you want to How did y'all pull Joe Burrow from Ohio to Louisiana? Well, I think it's just an opportunity for him to play in the SEC. I think it's just a great opportunity. You know, you can't have the SEC stands all Yeah, they can't LSU. And, you know, we didn't know, you know, how great he was, you know, he was being a good football player, watching Bill up what he is today, which is a great, you know. You just knew that he can play, he's probably can be an asset, but not to the level that y'all yeah, benefit from. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, toughness, mental toughness, uh, leadership. I mean, Joe Burrow had everything that, you know, you want a, a student athlete, a mature, uh, you know, bring people together. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow is that guy. Build a team, you want Joe Burrow to be there. That's the guy you're going to take first and build out from there. What do you done in Cincinnati? Cincinnati, make everybody, two years. Make, make everybody good. Yeah, he was hurt last. That's right. Make everybody great around him. So when you got a guy like that, you know, these young kids today, they, they think, you know, just come in and walk in and start and play. That becomes a sort of hype, the high school hype, the stars. And then you can do it like back in our days where. Yeah, we didn't know, we didn't know anything. You know, we, we were just thankful that LSU. Ask us to come. Come, that's right. Be a part right. of this program. Right. So now they be saying, "Oh, should be glad I came." It's a different, different generation. Whole other mindset. So now, now when you recruit, you know, I say, going back to your recruit, you know, what kind of people you recruit in your program, you know, just because he's a great athlete, sometimes you know what? Maybe you know he doesn't have the values that I want as a coach. I want as a program. You know, people get mad. Like, oh, you didn't sign this kid. You didn't sign that kid. You know that sometimes there's things that we can't sign people. We can't tell. It's not good for us to talk about the young man or the young woman. Yeah, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You know, it's hopefully they change their lives and do things. But people get upset and mad when you don't sign people. Sometimes these people don't fit in what you're trying to do. It's no different from any other program, any type of organization you have. You got to be a fit. Of not it destroys the chemistry of the whole program and the team. And you've seen it happen. And that's why when you have that. You have a lot of inconsistency. You win, and then when certain leaders leave, you lose again. I mean, you, but you got like this here, so to be steady building. It's a reason that, you know, championship coaches stay here, okay? Because they're building a program. They know who they have in their program. They know what make their men and women tick in their program, things like that. So those are the type of things, you know, when you build a program, you know. And that's why I was fortunate enough to work for guys, you know, play for guys like Dylan Osborne, and you know, work for guys like, you know, like Skip Berkman, uh, you know, Nick Saban. I was around those guys to learn, you know, what it is to be a leader and be a leader of young men. And uh, so now let's get back to this, uh, the transfer reporter, mm -hmm. because now, how many times can the player transfer? One, without, you know, one time, they can transfer. Only that one time? They can transfer again, you have to sit out, you know, okay. and sit, come in. But one time, one time transfer, no attachments. 
So they can just leave and walk in the day and say, I'm going to Texas A&M, going to Oklahoma, going to you know, wherever they want to go. You know? Now, yeah. getting a point now, this love catch two people realize this. Somebody got to want you. You know, we had over 2,000 kids in the board. Almost like 3,000 student athletes. Last year, basketball alone had 1,800. I mean, I look at our men's basketball team. Look at Days. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than that. More than I think Days is about the only one in the starting lineup that was already here. Okay, so so now you can hand pick your team. You pick a team. You pick a team overnight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you win. You know, people yes. say you know most of the teams that win are for guys who've been there three or four years. Well, now these guys been they play since three or four years and they've developed. You see a lot of guys, and we saw some guys in football come from smaller schools and develop and work out with three-year guys there, two-year guys there, they develop. And all of a sudden now, we bring them here, we take them here. So that happens. And uh, you'll see more and more of that pretty much happen. And so, but now, what will happen to the smaller schools? Because now it's almost like the SEC, the big schools, has us building these powerhouse programs, got the resources, got the money. To pay the player, the small schools can't pay eighteen hundred dollars. Give them six thousand dollars. What you call that again? Uh, fifty nine eighty. Fifty nine eighty. What fifty nine eighty stand for? That's SEC. This number we came up. Well, yes, fifty nine eighty one. So that do that. So if they can't pay that, it's still gonna be the same. They they couldn't compete in the first. I, I, I think a lot of schools are gonna have some issues and problems. Even big schools, uh, you know, have some certain issues. You give us give some examples. Well, it's not really examples. I think sometimes it's a financial constraints and we put on a lot of people here. I think uh, you know you don't have to give people cost of attendance at your institution. You don't want to. We just do that because that's a competitive advantage we feel like LSU. Right. But you don't have to. So I think a lot of people, you know, this thing revolves, you know, every two to three years. And I think in five years we'll see something different. And I think we'll see some people who you know can survive financially. And I'm going to be some people that, you know, have to make some tough decisions. And uh, it might hurt some sports and some things in different places, you know. Uh, that we're in a great position. We can be successful and keep all of our sports. But you saw after COVID, COVID really affected college athletics. You saw a lot of universities around the country drop sports. Drop sports, huh? And to bring them back. You know, so, you know there's a lot of lawsuits and uh, that went on about that. But you, but, but, you know, after a while, it's you know, where the money's going to come from. It's a TV contracts going to get bigger. Uh, you know, you can't just keep raising ticket prices. You know, I think we're pretty much at the top in that level. Maybe, maybe some sports if you win a little bit. You know, we don't have ticket prices now. So how much LSU generate a year? Just football overall. Football. About eighty-five percent of our budget comes from football. Yeah. And how much? About two hundred million dollars. Two hundred million dollars. That's what football. That's including Tiger Athletic Foundation. So you include all that, you know, it's about 80%. You know, TAF make predominantly all the money from that. Uh, we make money, make money LSU in football, ticket revenue. That's the big one. Uh, basketball, and big TV contracts, and baseball. You know, we, we're fortunate here that we have a third sport that, you know, makes a profit, generate revenue. And then uh, after that, you have the apparel deal. You have the big uh, TV contract with SEC. The bowls and everything come together. And, and SEC and splits that money, so you don't even have to go to a bowl with it. You see, yeah, it's 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 it. Then you have licensing. Uh, every time somebody, she's wearing that LSU shirt, you know, she buys that shirt, we get a certain percentage of it. You split with the institution, you know, we get half, and the institution get half, 50 50. Mm -hmm. uh, so LSU sell all their products. You can't just go out there on the corner and sell it. So, yeah, that's right. No, nobody can. That's, that's, that's called licensing. That's, that's how we protect our brand, protect the LSU brand. Uh, then you have sports properties. 
Uh, we walked in the stadium all the inventory. You see the Coca-Cola sign, the McDonald's signs, you know, they're one of the best in the country where they do. You know, that's, that's a $20 million range that they, they, they raise yearly. Uh, so, you know. That's part of Tiger and Lit? No, no. Sports properties is sports properties are independent third party. And they do all our sales, our TV rights. And they do that. that. We're headed. We're headed. The radio, you know, they, they deal with all of that. So, you know, we're fortunate to have those, those, those people downstairs helping us uh, in that area, but uh, you know it's 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 a lot of work. It's a lot of moving parts uh, to make sure that we maintain a budget and support every other sport. And you know, you talk about people talk about well, you know, wow, Kim Mulkey, you know, sour and things like that. But you remember, you know, before Kim, you know, we probably was losing three to four million dollars in women's basketball. Stay, you know, stay, 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 it's going to be, you know, that in men's basketball to coast in there. We, we hope to get it up raised 9,000, 10,000 season ticket holders. Like baseball. Baseball is close to 9,000 season ticket holders. I mean, it sells out. I can't get you a baseball ticket. <laughs> yeah. That's Skip Burton building that place up. And Ken Mulkey and Ray is going to do the same thing here. Who was after Skip uh, uh, Burton? Yeah, just retired last year. No, no, no. Paul, before Paul, they had one before Paul Monero. Uh, they had a coach before Paul Monero. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Paul, 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 Paul came from the bank. We had Paul afterwards. Oh, okay. Smoke Lavelle. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Smoke Lavelle. Yeah. yeah. Smoke Lavelle was Skip. Smoke Lavelle, and then it was Paul Monero. Totally forgot about it. Yeah. You forgot too. Yeah, Smoke. I know. So I talked to Smoke. Smoke was a good friend of mine. I was just trying to think about going that far. I'm going to keep up with all the coaches. But you know, it's. Like I said, it's building a program, and uh, you know we think we have the right people in these positions where you know softball is filled. You know, that does a great job. I mean, it's just amazing That's people. What, I mean, I go, I went out to a couple softball games. It was raining yeah. cold, and people out there support their softball. Team. You know, we used to play softball. We were small. I remember mean, that. We just always played with baseball. Yeah. We, we, we played baseball. Played softball. Softball. Fast play softball. We know what football was. And Doc Hilliers, they found a team. Hilliers and Harrison. I used to go watch them play when I was a little boy. And I was just wow, you know. And uh, so we grew up back in the day. You know, guys don't guys don't play fast softball anymore. Like we used to play back in the day. So uh, I like to go to softball and watch it. And uh, you know, Bev does a great job playing the staff. Doing an awesome job. That's so with the name, image, and liking. The transfer portal started where? The transfer portal. It's always a good transfer. We really opened up pretty much like two years ago now where guys could leave. And Joe Burrow, you know, we took advantage of that. He was able to transfer here. A lot of guys, uh, Thaddeus Moss, was able to transfer here. So people get mad at the portal. We, we, we've been well with the portal. We've been the portal. Yeah, yeah. We get Joe, get Joe Burrow, everybody happy. The portal is great. You know, you lose a guy, and you're like, the portal is bad. So, yeah, like now. Yeah, that's, that's, part, that's part of it, you know. Find us another Joe Burrow. And I'll be happy. Everybody be happy at the portal again. <clears throat> but, uh, and I always thought that was a problem because a coach can leave anytime he or she chooses to. Mm -hmm. But a player couldn't leave. So that's something they fair, something was fair about that. 
It's a, you know, but a coach has done things, you know, a coach, I see both sides of it. A coach is going to college, got a degree, uh, pay their ways and pay their dues. Uh, you know, you, you just got out of high school, you're an 18, 19 year old athlete. That's all right, you yeah. want to go somewhere else. I'm not one against it one way or the you know, I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's fair. I think it helps, you know, coaches, like I say, build relationships. I think you get to the point where a coach leaves and he wants to leave. I think that's not a good comparison. You know, yeah, that coach has the right to go. That coach has done things and worked things in his career, and he have accomplished something. You know, if you're moving up, that means you've done something coaching. Most time, you're not going to get hired if you're not winning. Right. They've been successful, so they've paid the dues. So just because as a student athlete, have you paid the dues? You know. No, well, you can't, start, get, you can't get on the field. You can't get on the field. Yeah, you may, that, that's the reason. You know, sometimes you think, I can't play here. Not everybody, we sign LSU to play in LSU. You know, every year you sign 25 people. You only have 85 on scholarship. So let's tell you right there, this will be a natural attrition of people leaving your program. Same thing in basketball. You know, you, know, you use it over sign uh, baseball. You know, baseball is the hardest recruiting there is. It's got guys going to Major League Baseball, the draft. You know, you don't know they're gonna come or not on your campus to the first day of school next year. You might have the number one recruiting class in the country, but getting them all here, you know, he might say, okay, you know what? I'm going to play for the Houston Astros. Boom, you lose it. And so, baseball recruiting is very hard, very tough, because then you have to have that backup player to take that player's place that you just lost in your numbers. So, you know, that, that's the way I see that. But a coach is putting kind of his his time uh, to coach at that level. Now, Brian Kelly didn't start at Division One. He started at a small school, you know, another small school. He went to Cincinnati, he went to Notre Dame, now he's at LSU. Uh, Nick Saban's you know, started at Kent State, you know, then Michigan State, then LSU, then, you know, here at LSU. In fact, you look at Nick Saban, he lost to Jared Donato in the Independence Bowl in Michigan State. We played him up there. So it's amazing how a coach could come around, you know, coach that, the guy that, you know, we fired, beat, and all of a sudden, right. the guy that won, what, six, seven national championships. Right. I remember Nick Saban first year, he went to the uh, University of Monroe, and they beat him up there. Yeah, well, no, uh, he played, played in Alabama, he played in the other place, and they beat him in Alabama. Mm -hmm. And Alabama, yeah. He yeah. beat him his first year, yeah, yeah uh-huh. So, you know, but ever since then, hey. he's been a horse of a different, different color. But also, you know, Nick has been, a, he's just a class guy. I remember I was, I was four years, three, four years ago, I was in Alabama. And I stopped to the office to hire, hopped it, hollered at him. And uh, of course, he was ready to go play Florida for an SEC championship in the year October. You know, she kind of had an attitude where Coach Saban is really busy. They got ready to go to practice. I said, okay. I said, uh, and she, and like, it was over with for her. I said, wait, can you tell him, you know, that I'm here, I'm, I'm passing through Alabama. I'm I'm Matter of fact, I had passed Tuscaloosa exit and I went back. I said, I need to go holler at her. Mm -hmm. And I went back. And she had this attitude. I said, well, can you just call and tell him that I'm down here? And she did. And then she said, well, go stand over there. Go stand over there. Well, somebody will come from downstairs and get you. Because now she got an attitude because Coach told me to come up. But that meant the world to me that he didn't ready to go play a national championship in a couple of days. And he took time out of his schedule to entertain me, not for two minutes. We, he let us be up there to talk about 15, 20 minutes. You know, great coaches, one thing about great coaches they like players. That's their comfort zone, talking to us. You know, and every time I've been around Nick and visits with my kids, or just in Alabama going to a basketball game, I've always been welcome 
in his office in the spare time with him. You know, he makes a friend of mine, and a lot of people are always upset about you know he's at Alabama and things like that. And now she found him, but you know what? Uh, we wouldn't be where we are today without Nick Saban. Right. I tell people that. The whole program. So that everything you see around here, Nick Saban built. He built that academic center for athletes. Okay, that was that was the beginning. That's to get people to come here. He had the vision to build that football operations center. Like never step foot in that building. He never had the opportunity to work in that yeah, building. That was his vision. His vision. So everything you see that we've done around here has been a, a byproduct of Nick Saban. And so I always thank him for what he did. And, you know, we were very good friends. He and Miss Terry. Uh, I always thank them for what they did for me. What he did for me. How he, what he taught me about the game. You know, it was a continuation of Bill, Bill Osbarger, who I learned from the best. Coach Saban liked you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried to like Bill Osbarger. We came from that same family tree, where guys who are, who know the game and they taught me the game. They taught me how when I'm scheduling football games for a football program, that you know this is why you schedule this type of team. Because every game you're scheduling is a build up for the next game. I don't care who you're playing. It's a build up. So those type of things that they taught me as an administrator that puts you on hold of the playing field for most people. And that's why, you know, I get calls from all the country about football coaches and things like that because Nick Saban taught us what to look for him for a guy who's trying to hire somebody. So between Nick Saban, Skip Burton, Bill Osborne. Bill Osborne yeah. yeah. took the program to hold up. Yeah, he's a different, different guy. Pro guy, you know. Only guy, only team, Miami Dolphins undefeated in the NFL ever. Hmm. Super Bowl champs, you know, you can say what you want. They, 72 Dolphins, you know, he, Don Shula, those guys. And uh, they knew they knew it took the win. And we were, they were advancing at times. Like Bill Osborne told us one time, you get a punt block, there's a 90% chance that you're going to lose the game. You know, he, Tom Landry, those guys, statistics. Statistics, they were looking at, they, they were doing analytical things back then. Uh, Bill believed in, you know, you were around and being in shape. You know, could be overweight. Remember Big Lance Smith and them, get their weights down. You're going to play, you're going to play long. It also helped who was teaching you is how to eat in the future. So when you finish playing, you won't have all these health issues. Big Lance and Slim and You work out, you know, you shape. Big Lance would take care of it. I remember Bill used to come here when I finished playing. Bill used to come here, you know, used to raise money for LSU, the Alumni Association, after he was AD at Florida. And Bill used to say, you're keeping your weight down, you know. He thought that was all part of your self-esteem and part of your esteem when you go into the work world, especially in athletics. And I know Coach Saban is pretty much the same way. You know, uh, you look at guys. You know, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, if you're in shape, it all makes it makes a difference. difference yeah. You feel good about yourself. Feel good about yourself. Yourself. You feel good about yourself. Yeah. You so feel, you, feel, uh, you know, feel I good. work out every day and you feel strong. You know, you know, eat healthy. Right. You know. I'm not saying we don't, you know, we don't eat fried fish every once in a while, but you can't eat it every day. Dad practice different things like that. And I knew he, he was kind of a quiet guy, mm -hmm. but he was still just like a coach who just left, you know, Coach Les Miles. Mm -hmm. He was kind of a quiet kind of, kind of guy. Mm -hmm. he, you know, but they would talk to the, you know, to, you get him alone, they would talk to the players. Mm -hmm. And that's how I kind of how I remember Bill Osborne. But he was a player's coach. I think Nick Saban was a, definitely a player coach. And Coach Joe. Was a player coach, you know, so you got people like that uh, who connect with the players. Yes, you have to do that. You're not connected with the players, you're going to be out of it. Especially with this generation. These kids today, you know, they need that self gratification. Now, I'm going to this question here. How, I know y'all giving this a lot of thought. Uh, 
how would you, how are y'all planning on managing the money in the locker room? What I mean by that? Players gonna be making, some players gonna make more money than other players. There ain't nothing you can do about it. There ain't nothing nobody can do about it. But we know the quarterbacks, the running backs, right? I mean, no players that get all the attention gonna get most of the money. And that's the way it is in today's society. We've right? been the way NFL. Yeah. I think that's why the quarterbacks buy the offensive line and roll as watches. If it ain't about to roll as watches, I think Joe Burrow did a good job of showing young guys how to do it when he was here. You know, he took his offensive line to the dinner once a week. His receivers with him. He had a dad to teach him those things. Who's a coach? Yes. I, I, I think as a player, though, I think you know you, you're going to get it on a team where you know what? I better take care of my guys. You know, I'm making so much more than them. And, uh, so it's just, I think I think it's in the NFL right now. Everybody in the NFL, but nobody, but everybody negotiating their own contract. Yeah. In the NFL. I, 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 I think I think, uh, but some guys, some guys don't. No, I think that's why they buy Rolex watches. You know, I think that's why they give him nice gifts. Uh, some quarterback the other day bought his all his offensive line G G stock G Shock watches or something like that, and uh, it's a fancy watch. You might know the name of it better than young guys might know the name of it. Uh, but I think that's what you have to do. You know, you you spend spend time with you guys, take them to dinner, take them to lunch. You know, uh, doing things with them. So that that could be part of your development for the. the, the I, I, I I think that's part of you know that got to be in the guy. You need to have it or not. And I think, you know, I think coaches can talk to some players about that. I think, but Lyman, you know, you have to be willing to do that. You know, I watched Joe Burrow do that. You know, nobody telling him to do that. Joe Burrow had that big an impact on you. Yeah. I watched what he did. I watched, his, I watched how, you know, he led by example. You know, he's a winner. You know, I, I, like, I like winners, I tell people. You know, I like guys who win. And he's that guy. You know, he's gonna no matter what's he facing, what's he's up against, he's gonna find a way to win the game. I mean, let's be honest. He's the best record, probably the best record ever in the history of LSU football. It will be. Probably fifteen and zero. Yeah. Uh -huh. He he beat every ranked team there was. This year he beat he beat Auburn, which had the best team that year. Almost got us in the best defense. You know, you beat Auburn, you beat Alabama, you beat Georgia, you beat Florida, you beat Clemson. You beat Oklahoma. And then maybe you have y'all the runners there. That's right, yeah. You beat everybody. Who the teams you beat? And I forgot who opened up with that year. Uh, Texas, University of Texas. Mm -hmm. in, in, in Texas. Austin. Austin. Yeah. So you look at that body of work. Even the teams you played, uh, the Utah States and all, were bowl teams, good football programs. So you look at that, that schedule. We beat everybody. We beat everybody I had to beat. So, yeah. He, he, he was the best, and he is one of the best to ever play here. One of the best. That's why you got that Heisman Trophy. Uh, the best quarterback to ever play here. First yeah. Heisman Trophy in yeah. how many years? 50, 50 years. years huh? So, you know, there'll never be, you know, God don't make many of those. So, yeah, he did make a lasting impression. He's, he's, he's a winner in the way he went out. And then you see what he's doing now in the second year. The team had been to the playoffs since '91. Thirty-one years. That's right. <laughs> I just saw that. Right. I just saw that. Thirty-one you know, years. You know, he might be a player too short for winning it all, but I think he's going to do well. I think, man, I'm, we all cheering for him. You know, it's Jamar Chase there, another LSU guy. He, he, he set records over there. He and Joe set records. Hey, Jamar Chase is. Hey, we knew it. I knew. You know, he, when you look at receivers. When you look at wide receivers. I compare everybody to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase played defense too.
He's but a big wide receiver. Yeah, so Jamal Chase is a tough guy. So my thing is, you know, we look at receivers. I look at guys like you know who remind me of Jamal Chase. He's physical. Uh, he comes off. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a ball player. He's the he's the premier receiver. We've had a lot of great receivers here. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. I mean, Jefferson's not bad. Okay, Minnesota. He made the league. He's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Those are good. Gage at Atlanta Falcons. I mean, you name the receivers that have come out of LSU. Marshall at uh, Carolina Panthers. I mean, we've had some good football players come out of there. Back from my day, Carlos yeah. Carson. Carson, Carson Barry, you know? Barry Martin. Yeah. You know? Barry, Barry was a big wide receiver. Herman Fontenot, you know, he's a big receiver. Yeah, big wide Roger receiver. McGee, you know, Roger. Simon Martin. I mean, to this day, I mean, you name Wendell Davis, hell. This is not Wendell, one of the best to ever played the game here. Uh, Tony Moss, Alvin Lee. We've had, well, you've had some players, huh? Yeah. I mean, these guys, these guys are special. And uh, special. Jamal Chase is sitting in the league. Him and Jefferson, who played together. Think about it. They still stay sitting. But Think also, we got LSU. We got Jarvis Landry and Odell still sitting. So you got four top. Really, I think it's five top. You know, Jarvis Landry and Odell. People talk about the catches they make in games. You got to see them do it in practice. And that's where it started. At. Yeah, special guys. Those, those guys are special. So they you mean, saw them, they was doing that in practice? Yeah, in college, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they, so to, to people, it's a big deal, but to you, that's, that's, that's how they roll. Yeah, Jarvis Lynch has been doing that in practice every day. How, how many players in LSU happen in the NFL? Right? No, 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 we're in 50-something right now. We're we we in the top five. Yeah, we're in the top five. We're 59 about three years ago. Yeah, we got higher. We got higher, you know, players, you know. I look at how many players we had to play. I think we had 18. In the play, every year. Last year they had five. I don't know how many players. Four or five on the Super Bowl team. One of them never even played football. He ran track. Who was that? Uh, the receiver for the Tampa Buccaneers. Uh, we had five guys. He was a track athlete here. And they had an article on the paper every day. He didn't even, he didn't even play football at LSU. That's how good we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huh? He goes to track field and still makes football. He's one of the receivers for the Tampa Buccaneers right now. In fact, he played the other day. He played well, especially after AB left. Uh, Tampa, he's playing a lot. You have Leonard Fournette, you have Kevin Mentor, you have Devin. I mean, the thing that's statistic here, Tom Brady has never won a Super Bowl without an LSU running back behind him. I've been telling people that all, I tell that all the time. Kevin Falk, <laughs> Stephen Ridley, Jeremy Hill, Leonard Fournette. So. Tom Brady has never won a Super Bowl without an LSU man behind him. So his, his legacy is going to be yeah. LSU. Oh, you always say, where my LSU running backs at? Got that LSU, that's right. Matter of fact, just so happened, Miller got cut the same time he went to Tampa, Tampa Bay. Yeah, and they picked him up. That's right. So that, yeah. that worked out well for him. Yeah. And Miller stepped his game all the way up. You talk to Tom Brady, you know, you know Kevin Falkelow was the smartest, one of the smartest players ever been around. He ain't been on take that. Kevin Smoke was a smart kid. But he's a good man. Yeah, Kevin got good three years from here. Kevin also is one of our past members. Yeah, and he, also he, in the college football Hall of Fame this year. He just congratulations yeah. uh, Kevin Falk for making the college, college football, football Hall of Fame, Fame 2022 class. class. Yeah, Glenn Dorsey going in last year. Yeah, Big Glenn. Big Glenn. But uh, yeah, we're so happy to get him with that group. You know, it's Joe Stovall, Burt Jones, Charles Alexander, Billy Cannon. Charlie was the last one in a long time. Yeah, to get in that college by Hall of Fame. So, you know, Coach McClendon. So it's a special group to uh, be a part of. Yeah, it's for Kevin to be a part of. I mean, I, yeah, I think it should be more than that for LSU. Yeah, I think, should, that, fame, I think it should be. I mean, we're doing a good job of really pushing and promoting guys to get in there now. And there'll be a lot more getting there.
And after what Kevin just went through in the last several months. Kevin, you know, Kevin, losing a child. Yes, yeah. Lost a job, lost a child. Lost a child, yeah. Losing a job is nothing losing a child. I don't care about a job. You lose your child, I wouldn't know how, you know, I'm a parent, you have children, you can't overcome it. It's not the natural order. And uh, I don't know how people overcome that. I never will be in that position to know. Uh, what you say, what you can do, you know, all that I would do is call Kevin to hear his voice. That's it. You know, and say, how you doing, brother? And that, that's all you can do, you know, a person. Anybody loses a child, that's not the, that's not the, yeah. that's what's happening. Dalton lost his son. Yeah, Dalton lost his son. Uh, Coach Bergman lost his daughter. You know, it's a, uh, it, it's, you can't, not, nothing you can say or do right, in that right. situation. But you know, we, of course, our hearts and prayers are with, with yeah. all these people. Mm -hmm. And we know, because we all, you know, we're family, we're close family. Mm -hmm. And one is hurt, we all are hurt. Right. So, you know, it impacts everybody. Yes. That, uh, <clears throat> we was, we was talking about it. We talked about the N I L. Tell me what that stands for again. Name, image, and likeness. So a player, I mean, student athlete is now able to, how y'all just hike with the term you use? Really, to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. You, see, you, can't, you can't say sale. Huh? So you can't say the word sale. You can't, they're not selling the name of that. So what, what, what you call that? Well, you call it what you want to call it. I mean, it's not, it, it's, 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 you, yeah, you are, you are. Really, you're selling it, but it's, 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 we, we can't do it. I'm saying y'all can't. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't be involved. But, but what you think going to happen with, if a big player want to come here, go to Alabama, Texas A&M, and y'all, you can get a company <laughs> to call in. <laughs> you know, that's what, that's, that's you, what, that's what we're hearing out there right Jim Barnhart to call. So yeah, you know, that's what we're hearing out there right now going on out there. You know, I don't know how. Well, you just hearing about it. I'm hearing about it, and I think there's some truth to it some places. Okay. Yeah. So you don't know about it. Yeah, we know we're done here. You know, we're done that here. Uh, but I think eventually, you know, it's going to spread. You have to compete. You know, I've had a conversation with some people in the SEC about that already, about moving here and out there. Uh, you know, I have a son being recruited, and I know there's been some offers made, and uh, it's uh, no different than when your son playing all them different. Uh, what's called them summer league? Seven or seven. Seven or seven. And, and what's what, what the what's they call it? The seven or seven. Uh, the, the league, they got a name to it. No, seven or seven. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah. And you got teams, somebody paying for them to travel, travel all over the country. Like AAU basketball, you know? Yeah, the AAU, and it's not AAU, but it's just seven, 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 seven to it. Right? But they so, going all over the country. All over the country. Somebody paying for that. Somebody paying for that. And nobody asks no questions. It's a question. It's legal. These are high school students. It's a high school kids, and it's legal. It is legal, right? So, uh, so this thing, this, you kind of will see the same thing, you know, start. I think we see more and more of it. Yeah, <clears> I think, you know, that's the here, too, you know? It's bigger than just that, just getting money. It's, uh, it's. I hope they have parents and people with them, the right people helping them manage and support them. Because the bottom line, these kids don't realize they're going to be taxes on this. And do y'all have any kind of program to teach well, these? We, we, we have all that, but we, we have to be careful so it's going to be a name that you like this. We can't say much about it. You know, that's their private, you know, they have agents of representatives, people representing them. Okay, so there's some program in place? For yeah, we, we, have, we have things in place. We have people come and talk to them about it, and uh, we're doing that, but they got to understand, though, it's just not free cash. And a lot of people don't understand that. Whenever you're getting something, it's a cost. And these companies will be writing this off, and these five months will be writing this off. So I hate, you know, in 10 years, all these guys are getting big tax bills from the IRS. Now I've seen a lot happen. Is that for the players? 
You gotta pay some sales. Bottom line, you got you got income, you gotta get taxed, you know what I mean? It's not it's not free money, you know? It's not free. This is all outside of your scholarship, it's outside of your educational funding. So now this is money that I'm paying you. This is income. Income. That's right. So, so Jay Norsberry, you know, I'm gonna pay you so much money a month to you know to represent my company. Well, I'm paying you, and I'm gonna write it off in my company. Okay? So you're so, so the IRS gonna look at it, that's right. You know, you might do a 1099 or something like that. If not, you have to pay you definitely gonna pay taxes on it. You'll be in the highest bracket. You're not paying no social security taxes or anything like that. Now what about the Fifty nine eighty one. That's that's all education. That's all part of the institution. So that don't call that doesn't count. No taxes on it. That's institution. Federal government Pell grants. Everything. All that's part of institutional funding. Okay. But NIL. That's income. It's income. It's income. You'll be in the highest tax bracket. Because bottom line, you have no dependents. You have nothing to write off with. You have to pay social security taxes on it. They don't get that. So, man, you got a lot of these guys going to jail behind uh, Hey, you have to have your account. We don't hope to go to jail, but by the line, mess your credit up for the rest of your yeah, life. You know, these guys you know, don't know nothing about that. They have liens on your I property. Look how long it took us to figure that that's out. That's right. You got liens on your property and things like that. So, that's what we try to teach you. We have educational people we bring in to help these young men to realize that, you know. Well, that's pretty serious now. Very serious. People don't look at that. No different than pro athletes. You, know, you got to pay your taxes. They don't care what you make. At the end of the day, though, you got to pay taxes. And that's just the way it is. You, know, you can do whatever way you want to do it, but you got to, somebody better say, have you paid your taxes this year? You know, have you filed? So can, will y'all be able to ask these guys? Can y'all bring them in at the end of the year? I, I think we have things in, in plan just to you know, talk to them about that, you know, making sure, talk to their parents about it, and talking to the people who work with them. Some, you know, sure. some people don't have a, they got the level, you know, we think it should be common sense. Yeah, but it's not common sense. But it's not. It's not common sense, no. Because most, some of these people don't pay taxes in their lives, let's be honest. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. So it's not common sense. So no, we have to educate our student athletes about what they walk themselves into. I saw a lot of pro guys have you filed. A lot of them like, well, I pay taxes every month when I pay my check. I know yeah, you file your taxes, okay? Just take out your check. That's, what's, that's just automatically what you owe the government. You might owe the government more than that, or you might get something back in return. But if you don't, if you don't know that, then you get yourself in a trap. And a lot of pro athletes, former athletes, have gotten themselves, and I've had to help them get out of those traps. You still didn't answer my question now before I shut this program down today. Is that is the money in the locker room? Uh, what you, I, how I do think, you think that goes? I think, well? I think when we played, your money was in the locker room then. I think you know, it was done the but, wrong but, way. But, but, everybody, but everybody was just about it. Yeah, just about it. Not yeah. now, I think, like I said, I think that player or whoever those players are, they have to understand, you know, hey, I want to keep my teammates happy. Some guys will do it like it, some guys won't do it. I mean, I can't, I can't make a grown man or 18-year-old do nothing to do what he wants to do. If he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to do it. You know? And, you know, if his team doesn't support him, then they don't support him. I think it causes a lot of confusion in the locker room, though. That's I think it will. Disrupted players. Yeah, it might happen. It might happen that way, you know. But bottom line, though, hey, we can't make nobody do that. We're a capitalist society. We're not a socialist society. So I can't make this okay. You better go give him. You know, I can't do that. I mean, that's why I said that's the things that Joe Burrow did. He took his players to dinner. 
He took his players to lunch. He bought me as his players. Y'all didn't get your word to come teach some classes over here. I think if you're a quarterback and you're doing well at LSU, I think one of the guys you really talk to is Joe Burrow. I don't think that's just a matter of fact, you know. I mean, Coach Kelly got the job, you know, the Burrow's called. He wanted his phone number. He gave his phone number, you know. So I think that's, if you're a quarterback and the start quarterback at LSU, I mean, all our quarterbacks at LSU, the quarterbacks are a different breed anyway. You know, Nussmeyer, you know, daddy coaches in the NFL, Dallas Cowboys. He knows this already. You know, Walker Howard, daddy was a, a, a quarterback, major league baseball player. He gets it. Uh, Miles Brennan, you know, come from a family. You know, most of your quarterbacks, they get it already. You know, their kids who come, from, they, they, they come from families. And, you know, quarterback, you know, quarterback, you got to be it's well trained. You got to have some classes, people working with you. So you're coming from our quarterbacks are different. Quarterbacks in the NFL are different. That's why they're highest paid guys. They get all the commercials. You know, back in the day, when Warren Moon, Tessa Verde, all of them the quarterback club. It's quarterbacks. The quarterbacks have always been the top quarterbacks. You know, you'd be linebacker, D line, receiver, all that, but the quarterbacks are the cream of the crop. Yeah, that's why they always say, no matter if you're on defense, they still say, who's the quarterback? Who's the quarterback? That's right. Somebody got it ready. Quarterback's the highest paid player for a reason. The quarterback, that's how you build your team. NFL, you don't have a quarterback, you're not good. No, you, you, you saying that those things, there's good chances it's going to happen. And let nobody can do about it. But if there's any kind of training in the beginning with the, with the quarterback, <clears throat> particular quarterback, so you get those guys properly in the right mindset, you know, look, this can happen. But you, can you just tell them that, or you, how, how do you deal, deal with that? I think you just got to, I think, got to feel it out, you know? I mean, sometimes we don't, you know, we're not going to know everything. I mean, I think, I think guys, I think most of the guys, are, look, they won't compete to get to the next level. I mean, you're not going to sit there and say, okay. Y'all put them in the best position. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not going to sit there and say, okay, let me let the quarterback get hit this play. Because uh, if I look bad, I'm not getting to the NFL. All right, okay. It's about line. NFL guys, they're already there. Okay? They can get mad. They can say things. They can get traded. They can move on. But here, hey, the NFL guy's watching you. So you mad at the quarterback, he's making income. What you get to the NFL? What you do in that locker room? That guy makes a hell of a lot more money than you, okay? So, either, I think most, I think that's overblown. Most guys want to get to the NFL. You play at a major SEC school, you go, you try to go to the NFL. You ain't trying to say, okay, I'm just going there, going there just to have fun. No, everybody that we signed, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, Oklahoma, they're trying to play on Sundays. They're not just coming here to be, okay, I just love the place. No, they come in here to play. That's why I got the transfer portal. And, and, and uh, I brought a group of young people here years ago. And uh, and what, you remember the first thing you told all these guys? I mean, how old were they at that time? They were, they were about, about six or eight. 10 to 11 years so, old, yeah. 12 at the most. It was a 10 to 11 year old class, as a matter of fact. Dylan Mosley, there's guys, all of my son. He was all part of that. Mm -hmm. oh, that. The locker room. He was in the locker room watching you watch the little, what do you call it, hype video, hype video. And what's the, the first thing, how you start that conversation about? I told him, I said, all that was good and dang it. It's the first thing here for is the academics. Yeah, but what's the next thing then? This is a business. It's a business. It is a business. It is a business. And you've got to be, you know, it's, uh, you know, don't let it use you. He said, well, LS, you're not bringing here because they just like you. No. 
they, you know, you fit their business model. Business model. You got to win. You got to win. You know, a big building. You don't have 102,000 seats in that stadium across there just to have a beautiful stadium. You know, you don't have all those suites and those clubs and those sideline seats and, pay for and all those advertisers you see in that Coca-Cola, McDonald's, you know, Hancock, Capital One. You know, they want to win. You know, Caesars, they don't invest in your program. Just say, okay, you know, it's a return on investment. They, they, like, they, 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 they like LSU, but they don't love LSU. They love it, but I told you, it's ROI. Return on investment. Return on investment. Everything's return on investment. It's the business model here, you know. That's what we tell young kids. Uh, Jeff Boss had in the locker room, you know, when you played here, uh, back in the Jeff Boss, uh, don't let LSU use you. Use LSU. Graduate. Because back then, that's all we had. We didn't get everything they get now. Graduate. And really, that's all they have still. Because bottom line, wherever you go, I tell young man when I recruit them, I don't care what school you go to. Get your degree. I don't care where you go. You go to Grambling, you go to USC, you go to Alabama, you go to Maine, Oregon, wherever you go. When you go there, come out with your degree. Because bottom line, that's something nobody can take from you. They can take your, they take your football career from you. They took yours from you, you took mine from you. You'll come in, you'll get old. Quit. Okay, you can't run up and down the field. You can't shoot a basketball. You like can't hit a baseball. You know, you'll be just younger. You know, I can't do what I used to do. Okay, you know, I can't I can't run with my boys like I used to do. I'm not strong as them. You know, I feel their strength. I'm like whoa. You know, so but they can't take those degrees from me. They can't take my master. Can't take my specials. Can't take my all my dissertation PhD. They can't take that from me. You working on your PhD right about all now? All the dissertation. So I have left to do. You know, I got to get back and do that. You know, I'm taking a I eat us from that. Don't tell me that COVID made you lazy. No, no, no. This has been a long time. We do a lot of things. That's something I'm going to do. What am I going to do? Go do it. You're too close. You're too close. Yeah. So the bottom line, of, those are things that you can't, nobody can take from you. Okay? They take everything else from you. They can take your career from you. They can take anything from you, but they can't take the degree from you. That's what I tell young people. That's something you have with you a lifetime. It's something where a lot of guys come back to finish your degrees, which is good. You know, Shaq talks about that, you know. You're talking to your kids. But now, once they leave college and touch college, a lot of first generation kids who come here. But once you graduate. Between first generation, the first one is their families go to college, huh? And some of the first to even graduate and from that, college. You talk so, about so basically. Bottom line, so, bottom line, now you're talking to your kids. You know, it's not if you go to college, it's when you're going to graduate. And so now, all those guys we play with children are coming out finishing college now. A lot of them might never have been to school. You know, my kid got a degree. You know, how does it look? You know, and now their grandkids in school getting their degrees. So mm -hmm. that's a, that's the trickle down. That's the part where you know people don't see what education does. Education changes lifestyles. You know, it changes it changes generational wealth. It helps put you in a different place than where your your forefathers, your ancestors were. My grandparents, your grandparents, you know, they read on the fourth grade level, second grade level, first grade level. Now, literally. I didn't know they could read. They could read. They read. They couldn't read right. So, bottom line, you know, my parents were fortunate enough, you know, to go to Grambling and to go to the Army and pay for the other one. They're from the library. My dad's from North Louisiana, maybe. Okay. So, what they did, they had to pay, you know, dad's one of 14. They had to pay each other to go to join the Army, the GI Bill, pay for the educations. That changed their lives. They became principals. They became teachers. Then, you know, with us, we had to go to college. Automatically. Now, look at my children. Automatically go to college. So, that's when you change generational wealth. Okay? Because if you literally can't read and write, 
there's, there's no job you're going to get. It's just a common laborer job. You can't do that. You can't even read the directions of things. It leads to what? Drug, poverty, jail, prison. If you can't read by the third grade, there's a prison cell for you. That's just the way it is in America. Okay? So bottom line, you change a whole generation by getting educated. And that's what we do. You know, people don't talk about what, you know, everybody talking about the money, the money, the money, we, you know, the kids, what they don't get. We don't do a lot for them, you know, that we don't, we didn't talk about them. That's probably guys caught up, you know. Guys work out and train, eating for free, health care, braces, laser eye surgery, sight services. You don't get braces now? Yeah, everything, you know. We do everything for these athletes, you know, make them better. Help them how to present themselves, and carry themselves. Help the family. The family. How you dress. How you go on an interview. You know, to change your life. That's right. To change your life. That's what athletics does. You know, it's the only it's the only area. You know, a guy out there running uh, on that track, a guy out there shooting a the basketball, a guy out there making a football play. You know, we never always say what color he is. Mm. Like, you never say okay. You know, that's right. Race. You know, all that stuff is out the window. Because the bottom line, the guy playing on the side of me, hey, you better make this play. Help me make this play. You know, I'm not looking at you like, you know, well, you know, how you look. What is your sexuality? You don't care about that. Man, if you can play, I need you to help me win the game. I need you to help me win the relay. I need you to help me, you know, pick and roll and make a two-point and make two free throws to win the game. That's the only thing athletics. That's one good thing about athletics. And nothing about athletics at the end of the night is always a what? A winner and a loser. That's right. There's a scoreboard. It keeps score. It keeps count. <clears throat> so, but, but you know, that's one thing I did learn in football is that uh, when a play, when you line up for a play, no matter what sport it is, when you line up for a play and the play takes place, number one, the other thing happened. Either you did or you did not make the play. Mm -hmm. Either, either you was there or you wasn't. Right, right. You got blocked or whatever. <clears throat> you, but you jump up, you're mad, you're fussing, you're cussing, but you only have 45 seconds to think about it. That's right. That's it. Because guess what? Another play is coming right out there. That's right. So you'll stay in the state of frustration. Because you know, right. that football teacher you how to that's put right. that behind you. Other sports. All sports. Just sports. Right. Right. And keep on keep going. That's right. The game goes. It's too much. You have good parts in the game, you have bad parts in the game. That's just where the game, the ball gonna bounce different ways. But you have to just keep focused. Adversity hits you. Right. It teaches about adversity. Sports teach you a lot of things about life. Well, I mean, I tell people when I go talk to children, the one of the most important thing, teamwork. Mm -hmm. How not to quit. You know, you know corporate America. In, in corporate America, like that. That's why they hire a lot of athletes. Because, you know, athletes, you know, they're gonna get up on time. You gotta go to work. They're gonna know how to get along with other people. Uh, the teamwork part. That, that's what athletics teach you. Appreciate it, brother. Hey, look, I like to appreciate it, but I, look, before I leave here, I got to say one other thing. Uh, <clears throat> when Vory started this job about 26 years ago. 26. Yeah. Not this was, job exactly, but you know, when he started working at the LSU uh, athletics, in LSU athletics, uh, you know, a lot of us players had ways out of you know, you know how to maneuver through the program. You know how to get in and out of. LSU, <laughs> make things happen, you know, but I mean like some players we knew how to, we, we, you know, we, we didn't get to the games and those kind of things. Words came in, shut all that down, Where we've been managed ever since, Bird. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's business. 
business. Tough words to come in and shut hey, up now. Hey, I, I tell guys, you know, that's why I tell people, uh, you know, I tell young guys, don't be begging for a ticket. Don't beg to get in the game. Be able to buy your tickets. Mm-hmm. They give you everything educational so you can get a job and you can work. And nobody can ever say, you know, you have to give you anything. You have to beg to get it anywhere. Now, yeah, everybody else, you know, buy their tickets. Now, we do invite players back for things and different things like that, but I'm the one who's sticking on that. There's a whole lot of players take care of. Yeah, they take care, take care of everybody. That's right. Everybody who's playing here. You got a lot of players who donate a lot of money here. You know, a lot of players who've who got all suites and pay a lot of money for those tickets and those things. Yeah, so, bottom line, it's not a, you know, try to teach them, you know, it's not a handout for life. You want to come back to school? We'll pay for that. I'll pay for that. All the time. Anytime. Any age. I'll pay for you to come back to school. But any handouts? No. That's why I try to teach that's why I try to teach young men. It's a business. It's a business. Once your last game is over, you know? You, you, have the Atlanta Falcons call you and say, you know, give you free tickets? The pros don't do that. Huh? They do in it fact, one, one every five years. In fact, the pros, you know, after you cleats and everything, your socks, yeah, they charge you for that. The pros, they won't just give you stuff like LSU. No, uh-uh. the pros, it's a business. It's a big business. It's a big, big business. time business. business. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. That's why the young people, I try to help them understand. Hey, look, this is a business. You know, and, 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 and there's, there's gains and losses. You got to protect it. You got to protect it. You got to protect the next man coming up. Guess what? They try to take your job. You know, we just don't do this for fun. You know, like I said, this is not for fun. All these big buildings, electricity, everything we do costs a lot of money. You know, we we facility. We employ for a football game thirty five hundred people in this community. Just to work in football, it's worth a football game. Three thousand five hundred people. Every police officer you see out there on the street, they make forty five fifty dollars an hour. Everybody got to get paid. Yeah, all 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 concession stands. Those are church groups. They're making money for their for their churches and their organizations, parking lots. The Boy Scouts, people, they're making money for organizations. So everybody, you know, eats off of that big building. It's about four and some million dollars in the back of the economy. When LSU's doing well, when Southern University's doing well, every hotel is packed. Every restaurant is packed. Think about it. Every grocery store is packed. People tailgating. A lot of money being happy. A lot of people spending, yeah, a lot of jobs. You got to bring in more people to work at your restaurant. You know? So that, that, this thing is, is not, you know, I'll figure out what I'm saying. It's not, you know, it, it generates income for your community. And we take no state tax dollars, you know, we take no student fees. So we got to make it off of what we, those tickets in that building. So if it's not write us no check. State Louisiana will write us no check for athletics. You know, it's off of ticket income. Yeah. So tickets and what the job can generate from the I told you TV television. TV contracts uh, sports properties <clears throat> the apparel contract that's it that's it there's no there's no no golden goose out there flying around dropping golden eggs for us you know make money it ain't it come from the sky you look up at the sky all you want <laughs> you got to get paid too right yeah everybody got everybody everybody got everybody got to get you know you got, got a lot of people that help run this department and it takes a lot of people how many people do you have working in the, in the i think i think probably close to 30 people total yeah. total you know, got people keep up the field you know they clean up after a game you get yeah. basketball basketball game you got basketball gymnastics basketball basketball so people got to clean that building up turn the floor flip the floor and everything in the PMAC. 
That's all night. That's crews all night doing that. They have the next event in that building. Then you have high school graduations, you have university graduations, you have all kinds of events. So it just don't, doesn't happen, you know? All the events and things we have. So it costs. It's a cost. Mm -hmm. We'd like to thank uh, Mr. my friend and uh, Mr. Burge Osbury, who next to Nick Saban, probably the busiest man I know. Uh, but we'd like to thank you very much, Burge, for taking your time out your busy schedule to sit down here and chat with us, what we say, chop it up. Thank you for being part of Count Time. Thank yes. you for being here. Great. Appreciate it, Lonnie. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Okay, bro. That was pretty good, man. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time.